Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat, a West Midlands Group original podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. I'm your host, Kira Holly, and I work at the West Midlands Group. Have your lambing percentages been impacted without any obvious cause? Did you get new rams this year? Have the neighbours ewes or rams found their way into your flock? If you answered yes to any of those questions, your operation may have been exposed to ovine brucellosis. Ovine brucellosis is a highly detrimental reproductive disease that can affect all breeds of sheep. Once established in a flock, it can be hugely expensive to eradicate with ram culling and repeated blood testing required. Plus, if it goes unnoticed for a long period, it can reduce your flock's productivity by decreasing lambing percentages and extending lambing periods. Myself and West Midlands Group's Mixed Farming Systems Officer, Brianne Hindle, caught up with DPIRD vet Dr Christine Rayner to get her expertise on how to manage and reduce the risk of ovine brucellosis. And later in the episode, I caught up with Dan Darrigan producer, Pete Negus, to hear about his experience dealing with an infected mob. Before we get into our conversation with Dr Christine Rayner, here's a little bit about her. Christine Rayner is a field veterinary officer with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. She has worked with the department for nearly four years from the Bunbury, Katanning and Albany district offices. Christine is passionate about sheep medicine and health and currently coordinates the WA Ovine Brucellosis Accreditation Scheme. She is also undertaking a Master's in Veterinary Epidemiology through the University of London, which involves looking at how disease moves through flocks and how to apply surveillance and control programs effectively. Our conversation was recorded in mid-October of 2020. Now, before we hear from today's guest, I'd just like to say the information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast. I'm here with our West Midlands Group Mixed Farming Systems Officer, Brianna Hindle, and also Christine Rayner, who is a veterinary officer with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of ovine brucellosis. So welcome, Bree, and welcome, Christine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So you're based down in Albany? Yeah, that's correct. Why did you become a vet? Um... I just I used to spend summers up at my pop's farm um, in Geechee and they ran sheep and yeah just really always loved all the sheep work and then thought oh I'd, I'd really like to do that as a job. Oh great well we'll just jump straight into it today. Christine could you tell us what is ovine brucellosis and why is it so detrimental to a flock? So ovine brucellosis is a bacterial disease of rams spread by um, the bacterium Brucella ovis. So the real problem is it leads to incredibly poor semen quality of the ram. So it leads to a lot of inflammatory cells in the semen um, and a lot of morphological changes in the sperm cells. So they look really different. They're not very good and they have poor motility. So you end up with a lot of fertility problems in the flock. So farmers often notice the first effects at standing or at lambing when they find they've got a lower conception rate than they expected or they end up with a prolonged lambing period. We do very occasionally see it resulting in abortion in the ewe due to placental damage. But yeah, the main effect is them just not getting pregnant in the first place. Is there any statistics on how much of a difference it makes to your marking percentages or your lambing percentages? It's a bit hard to say. The effect is often covered for a few years um, in people that have a higher joining ratio. So if they're running 
several rams in with their ewes and only one's got it that first year, then the other rams are able to cover for that ram that's not doing its job. And then as the infection spreads between the rams in that team, over the years the effect compounds and then you'll end up with a year where we've seen people that go down to 50 or 60% and it's quite a sudden drop. Yeah, and obviously the longer it's in your flock, the the more likely it is to spread to everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you pick it up early, you might only have a couple. Um, And if you pick it up three or four years down the track, you'll have majority of your rams infected. Okay. So how does it originate? So like I said, it's a bacteria. So it spreads through contact with infected semen. It's pretty contagious. So primarily through contact with other rams. So sexual behaviour such as them jumping each other. It can also spread if rams serve ewes in the same cycle as another ram that's infected. So the ewes have an infected vaginal discharge and then the clean ram picks it up from that. Ewes uh, are able to clear the infection naturally within a few cycles, so they're less at risk for spreading it. But it's certainly something people need to be aware of if they're buying in use and they don't know what's been working on them. So we recommend people don't join with their use if they're buying in use of unknown status for two months before putting their clean rams over them. Uh, it can also originate, so spread less commonly if infected semen or vaginal discharges come in contact with the nasal mucosa or conjunctiva, so the mucosa of the eyes. So if rams are sniffing and nosing ewes or other rams, that can be a way. So that's that's something to think of if you're putting your rams on a truck with other people's rams or if you share a common boundary with someone. So there's a fair bit of opportunity for it to spread. Absolutely. But the main one is rams jumping each other. Is there a chance that the lambs can get it or spread it in that way as well? No, not really. From what I've seen from the research, it can sometimes lead to weakness and ill thrift in newborn lambs. Very rarely, but they don't they don't tend to become infected and carry it through. Well, that's good. <laughs> so I guess the main thing is what are the signs and symptoms that we should actually be looking out for in our flocks of ewes and rams? Absolutely. So with rams, when they get it from another ram, they'll often have an initial fever, which I mean, most of the time we're not going to be able to notice that at all. The more important clinical sign is testicular lesions. So this is generally epididymitis, which is inflation of that tube um, on the testicle that carries the sperm from the testicle up into the body. But the problem is only about 35% of rams will develop these testicular lesions. So while palpation of your ram flock is a good idea and a great way just to check and see where you're at, you can have beautiful looking rams that look completely healthy and yet they're not performing and they just don't have the fertility. So yeah, like I said before, people often the first symptom in the flock is when they get their poor scanning percentage or prolonged lambing, less lambs on the ground. Um, And with ewes, there's no obvious signs. So it fairly often would be going undetected for quite a period then? Yeah, that's what we find often with producers yeah, they've no idea how it's got onto the property and then it's it's often been there a few years and they only notice when they have a sudden drop in, in lambing percentage. It's not ideal, is it? No, no. It can be a pretty big economic impost on the farmers, both with the economic effects of longer lambing period, less lambs on the ground, and also having to source new rams, culling off infected ones. It can be quite an exercise. Do you think one of the main concerns is that some growers aren't checking their rams often enough. They're not checking the testes often enough to actually identify it. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. So I think 
commercial commercial producers often perhaps just aren't aware that it can be such a silent disease and that they might potentially have it. I mean, our lab tests well over 10,000 samples a year of blood for brucellosis and the majority of those are from stud producers. So commercial producers are certainly underrepresented in what DPIRD processes. Yeah, it's only when there's a really big issue that some commercial producers will do the testing. Yeah. So I guess like what are the steps that we should be taking if our flock actually tests positive for a brucellosis and how are we going to eradicate it from our mobs? Yep. So we generally recommend a test and cull program. The rams can be treated with a course of antibiotics, but it's very rarely done just because economically it's pretty cost prohibitive. So it's only recommended for very valuable stud animals. So what happens is we recommend a series of tests because once a ram is infected, it can take several weeks before the antibodies reach a level that our test at the lab can detect. So when it's termed seroconversion. So an initial negative result for a ram in a flock that has known positives needs to be followed up in case it's only just gotten the disease and we can't pick it up yet. So we recommend testing at regular three to four week intervals. And as the positive rams come up in the tests, remove them from the flock and cull them. So we keep testing at those intervals until we receive a completely negative test for all rams in that flock that remain. And then we wait another 60 to 180 days before we do a second test just in case there's any rams in there that take a longer time to seroconvert than we would expect. And once we've got those two negative tests, we've got a really high degree of confidence that it's eradicated from the flock. If people are bringing new rams or ewes onto the property, what would you suggest for them to do prior to letting them out into their mobs or flocks of ewes already? So for ewes, I would recommend that if you don't know whether they've been served by dirty rams, just to wait two months before putting your clean rams over them, that just gives them a couple of cycles and they'll clear the infection and shouldn't be any risk to your rams. If you're buying in rams, I always recommend a blood test for brucellosis. So isolate them, get the vet to come out and take a blood test just to make sure it's clean before you run him in with your mob. Certainly very much recommend sourcing from known clean flocks. So flocks that are accredited with the ovine brucellosis scheme or flocks that can show that they've got a really good testing history and strong biosecurity. So what is the ovine brucellosis accredited? Yep, so that's a scheme that DPIRT administers on behalf of industry. So it provides studs with accreditation that are negative with the disease and provides confidence for buyers that they're buying from no negative sources. So we've got over um, 200 accredited flocks in WA, variety of different breeds, and some of them have been on the scheme for over 20 years. So the flocks have regular negative blood tests and have strong biosecurity practices. So again, really encourage producers to buy from studs that are listed on that scheme or flocks that can show similar testing history and strong biosecurity Producers can also ask for, sorry, a national sheep health statement. And that's a really good idea as well, that they can at least see whether the ram's ever been tested or where it comes from. I guess another question is, if you have a ram from a neighbouring property jump into your flock. Which happens a lot. Yeah. So what are you going to do in that circumstance? Because you don't know if they've got it, they might not have been tested and they might have brought it into your ewe flock. And your rams might have also been in there as well. Or even a ewe that's been infected and yep. and it hasn't cycled through yet. Like We have a lot of good fences around here, but a lot of not so great fences and quite a few very agile sheep around as well. Um, if it hasn't come onto the property 
from buying in rams or buying in ewes, how can producers go about working with their neighbours to prevent this issue? Yeah, so I always recommend if you have strays come onto your property, uh, particularly rams, before you return them to their na- your neighbour, see if you can get a blood test from them, which I know is a bit of a pain for people, but it's really worth it to sort of nip problems in the bud if they're going to occur. And, yeah, you both hit the nail on the head. Biosecurity is just the biggest thing people can do to prevent prevent the disease coming in. So making sure you have good, strong fencing, not lending or borrowing rams. And if you've got rams adjusted on another property and you're not sure what the neighbours are around them and you're not going to know if your rams have wandered or something's come in, it is still worth getting a blood test before they come back to the main property. And I mean, all those principles hold not just for ovine brucellosis, but for other diseases such as lice and for rotten worm resistance. It's just having good biosecurity principles and um, good fencing and, and yeah, keeping, keeping track of what you're doing. When you go to test your rams, when should you be testing them? Should you be testing them a couple of months prior to them being put out with the ewes or obviously test them when they come onto the property? But if you haven't done that and you've got a flock of rams right now that you think should be tested, when should you test them? Anytime. If you if they're not working at the moment, um, I just next time you bring them into the yards, have the bed out and, and go through, have a palpate of the testicles um, and get a quick blood test taken. Cool. So anytime, anytime is fine. Yeah. If you know that you're coming into joining time, maybe have a think about doing it at least 60 days before then so that you can get those tests done by the sounds. Absolutely. So a bit of a true or false, something that uh, we have read on the internet, is can it be transferred to humans? Thankfully not. Um, There are other brucella species that can cause like really nasty disease in people, so fever, fatigue, joint pain. Two of those are Brucella melatensis in goats and sheep and Brucella abortus in cattle, but we don't have those in Australia. We're very lucky. Some of our older listeners might remember the brucellosis eradication campaign in the 80s, and so Australia declared freedom from that in 1989, and that was zoonotic, and that was a big push for industry to go through that eradication program. But no, thankfully, Brucella ovis, ovine brucellosis, um, is not zoonotic. Great. That's a good thing to hear. We've got some positive news after all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, have we covered most of our questions? I think so. They've covered my questions and our growers' questions as well. So, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, the question that we ask all of our guests, just to finish off, what keeps you interested in agriculture? I would say working with the producers and getting to learn from them and with them. So in in my role in the department, I do a lot of disease investigations. I work pretty closely with producers, you know, part of our testing to demonstrate to our export markets that we're free from exotic diseases and work with the producer to work out what actual issues are going on that might be causing unusual clinical signs. And yeah, I get a real buzz out of that. I learn a lot and producers always have a lot to teach me. Yeah, and I recommend anyone, if they're not familiar with who their deep herd field vet is in their district, just to touch base, treat them as assets and and someone that might be able to give you a hand. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Christine. I think think we've gotten a fair bit of information out of you that will be very useful to our producers. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Christine. Thank you. A big thank you to Dr Christine Rayner for sharing her experience on ovine brucellosis. 
And now for the second part of this episode featuring my conversation with Dan Darrigan farmer Peter Negus. Pete runs a mixed farming operation with his wife Daisy and four daughters in Dandarigan. After discovering the disease in his own flock a couple of years ago, Pete has been working to eradicate it ever since. Pete was kind enough to share his experience managing brucellosis. In the following interview, all references to brucellosis are to ovine brucellosis. All other forms of brucellosis are reportable diseases and are not present in Western Australia. For more information about reportable forms of brucellosis, check out today's show notes. I'm here with Dandarigan producer Pete Negus on his mixed farming property Coology and he's here to tell us a bit about his experience with brucellosis or ovine brucellosis. So Pete, when exactly did you guys detect brucellosis in your flock? Probably only a couple of years ago we got our rams tested and got a very surprising result of on about 40% positive. You know, I'd heard, only probably heard about brucellosis five, six years ago and uh, when someone mentioned they might have had it and it was in the district. So got a vet in, got tested, had a, yeah, out of 140 were positive. So obviously I'd had it for a few years. Had you noticed any, like a reduction in your lambing? That's the thing, I hadn't, no. So there was, I hadn't suffered any bad lambings. So it was it was probably, you know, brucellosis probably only had it for a couple of years. And obviously, if you got one infected and you, you put it in a big mob of 10 when they go out with the ewes, well, they're all going to come back with it. And then the following year, you spread those 10 out and you're going to have, you know, maybe yeah, 40% affected. So maybe I've had it for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty devastating. So I got rid of that. those 40, went, and to replace them, I've actually had to buy probably 50 rams back. So that's a huge cost, you know, if you average it out at nearly a thousand a ram i suppose so that was last year this year we continued to test so pauline the local vet at dandarigan has been out quite often i mean the rams are getting used to it i've got one of those uh, combi clamps that they help a lot to do the blood tests and then yes this year we've had eight positives so there's another eight gone well, they're not gone, sorry. I am actually going to use them this year in an isolated paddock, so I'll get one go, more go out of them, which I did that last year as well. So after all the testing last year, I didn't test enough, maybe only did twice, and there must have been a positive left in there that didn't test positive at the time but had brucellosis. So I've obviously put a positive in with a group of rams, maybe those eight, and that's how I've got those eight this year, but they're all out. We've tested another like five times and got the last three have all been negatives. But the 50 I bought last year, they were all isolated in different mobs. So I was only down to testing 45 or whatever I had left, and now I'm down to testing about 35. It's a lot easier than testing the whole lot. So probably keeping your rams in smaller mobs gives you a better chance of getting rid of it. Sounds like a fair bit of effort. Yeah, it's, it's, it can be annoying. And did you discover it in a, in a frustrating period, like just before joining or something, or did you have a fair amount of time before joining to figure it out i had a fair amount of time before joining yes i've learned this year that obviously you've got to test the more you test the better you are more costly it is but in the long run it'll be less costly how do you reckon you got it in the first place well i just heard people talking about it and i know i got some rams where another bloke got some rams like secondhand rams and he had tested his and had brucellosis so there was a chance it's from there there's also a chance it's it's in that it's in down arrogant anyway so i've got a quite a few spread out farms so that makes lots of neighbors uh it's possible it came through 
there. More than likely, it's probably my fault that I probably took someone else's secondhand rams and didn't test them straight away. I might have inherited it there. Do you test when you get ram- new rams in now? Not, I haven't tested the new. The brand so you haven't new. learned from your mistakes. <laughs> no, the brand new ones that are bought at sale that are normally tested, and they're the only ones I buy now. So they're all free, and they're all isolated in their own mob. So they're we tested them once um, from last year, and the fifty I bought. So they're all free from it, and we didn't have to test them again. So I'm hoping now with three negative tests, it's all over. It doesn't come back. <laughs> what advice would you give to any growers that suspect maybe it's there or even people that don't suspect it's there? What what advice would you give people? Yeah, well, going through that experience, I'd be saying to anyone who has rams, you have to get them tested because you'd probably be into a, a rude shock, maybe, which means you've got to go out and buy a heap more rams. And look, it's probably something I go, well, I don't want to test them because if I've got it, I don't want to have to go and buy all these new rams. So it's a scary thing. Once you've started testing and you've got a positive, then you've sort of locked yourself into testing and testing but i have heard of people who have tested say mine since where it was 40 percent would just go wipe the whole lot and start again with new rams which i thought was going to be too expensive for me to go and try and find 100 rams so i chose to go down the path of more testing and more testing and more testing and and it's hopefully it's paid off now fingers crossed any yeah, anyone you, if you have never tested, I would definitely do testing. It's going to cost you a little bit of money, but it's going to, in the long run, you want to have that conscience that you're going to have a good lambing percentage. A big thank you to Peter Negus for sharing his experience tackling brucellosis in his flock. That brings us to the end of this episode. So, some key messages there. There are three methods of diagnosing ovine brucellosis: palpitation of the scrotum examination of semen and blood testing. If there is any chance your flock could have contracted ovine brucellosis, be sure to get your rams tested as soon as possible to ensure they are cleared before joining to avoid the spread. Unfortunately, there is no effective vaccine. Eradication can be achieved by a combination of manual examination, blood testing and the culling of infected rams as soon as they are detected. Buying rams through breeders accredited by the ovine brucellosis accreditation scheme is a good way to avoid bringing potentially infected rams onto your property. If you would like more information on detecting or eradicating ovine brucellosis, you can get in touch with Christine via the details in today's show notes. Another option is to get in touch with your local DPIRD vet or private practitioner in the area. In today's show notes, you'll also be able to access some links to useful resources on the topic. The best way to receive our updates and to stay in the loop with the latest in local research is by becoming a West Midlands Group member. Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do and we pride ourselves on ensuring members like you receive relevant, innovative information. A membership gets you early access to our workshops, free or discounted entry for up to three farm business members to our major events, including Springfield Days, and exclusive access to a member-only publications like our technical newsletter, the WMG Quarterly. For more information, visit our website where you can sign up anytime. The West Midlands Group is excited to offer free membership between October and December this year. So don't miss this great opportunity to get a taste of what we can offer your farm business. Simply follow the link in today's show notes to sign up. And thank you as always for tuning in. We want to know what you want to hear about. In the show notes, you'll be able to find a link titled Podcast Feedback where you can let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and it would just give us a better idea of what you guys are interested in. You can stay in the loop by subscribing so that you know when the next episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. I'd like to thank our sponsors and members without whom this would not be possible. 
See you next time for some more paddock chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.